Before we start our episode, we want to welcome Middle Sister Wines as our happy hour sponsor. Did you know that birth order is commonly believed to have a profound and lasting effect on psychological development? And that the Middle Sister has a greater chance of having a wine named just for her? Well, welcome to the world of Middle Sister. Sassy wines for Middle Sisters and everybody who loves them which includes the three tomatoes. We've been fans for years of their delicious whites like Drama Queen Pinot Grigio, but we confess we're slightly partial to Rebel Red and her sassy remarks like, if anyone tells you they don't like red wine, stop talking to them. You don't need that kind of negativity in your life. They're more than just a wine. They're a family of sisters you're going to love. Learn more at middlesisterwines.com. And now we hope you enjoy today's episode. Good afternoon, tomatoes. Cheers and welcome. And I hope that all of you are listening with a glass of your favorite wine in hand because our guest today is Leslie Sabraco, wine aficionado, author of some great books, host of Check Please Bay Area, and of course, so, so, so much more. So grab your wine, sit back, relax, and enjoy this, and let's have some fun chatting about Vino and learning about Leslie. So welcome, Leslie. Well, thank you for having me, Kim. (laughs) Well, we are thrilled that you joined us, and I am sure that many of our listeners are familiar with you from the Today Show, where I found you and laughed my um, ass off, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like to hear that. That's what it should be. Well, it was so entertaining. Of course, it was just a little early in the morning, maybe not for Kathy, Lee, and Hoda, but for me, it was a little early to break it out. And you were talking about Rosé and the one that I heard. Oh, yes. Well, you know, it's coming up to be Rosé, International Rosé Day or National Rosé Day. Yes. I, you know what, I think it's always Rosé Day, but, you know, that could be me. That's me, too. I'll tell you, I have a Rosé bubbles on my legs, so every day is Rosé for me. I love it. I love it. So, Leslie, I'm going to ask you a question. So, what was the first wine that you ever tasted? I mean, like, as a kid, you know? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because I grew up in Chicago, and um, my father was an airline pilot, and so I grew up in a family of five, and we traveled, you know, luckily, you know, back in the days, we we traveled all all around because my dad would load us on a plane, you know, and we got to sit in first class because that's what pilots' kids did, you know, people weren't upgrading at that point, so to this day, I still have dress, you know, every time I get on a plane, I have to dress nicely because that's how I grew up as a kid. So, you know, probably my first sip was um, as, you know, an under 10 kid. I'm not going to, are we saying this out loud? Yes, we are. It's in my outside voice. Um, (laughs) Having a little sip of something on a trip to Europe with my my family. But I do remember vividly um, being about 11 years old and sitting at the dinner table and my dad was... Uh, you know, enjoyed wine and enjoyed collecting wine and not collecting necessarily, but stashing. And I remember <laughs> seeing a bottle of sterling wine in the the rack downstairs where our kids pool table was. 
and getting a chance to taste that. So um, that was that really my first memory of, okay. of having a sip of wine. And you were like 11 or so. Yeah, I was like, yeah. a, you know, it was just a little sip. It was, you know, yeah, in, still, in, Europe, you, you, in Europe, you can put water in, a little bit of wine in, you know, it was just a little bit of sip. Oh, so, no, I get yeah. it. it. That's very impressive. Um, you know, I don't know if we're around the same age, but I, I think similar. My first taste of wine, I think was Blue Nun. <laughs> <laughs> my parents had they let me taste little sips at the dinner table because they wanted me to learn to be refined and in my refinement of course when I was 16 I tasted that delicacy Boone's Farm oh I remember Boone's Farm yeah I think they're bringing it back (laughs) went away to be honest (laughs) well that was just horrible and then you know in the early 60s or not early 60s no excuse me in the 70s when I was in college it was Chablis but not the good kind of Chablis (laughs) <laughs> so our our palates have changed and I guess you know I did listen to a podcast and I've read all about you so I I think you are really phenomenal and hysterical and I love it and I have so many questions we don't have a lot of time but what tell our listeners how you got into doing what you do because I'm sure most of us are envious well this wine drinker is uh of how you actually created this life for yourself. Oh, and the one thing I want to tell our listeners too, and I'm sure it will come up, is that not only do you, you know, talk about wine and lead wine groups, but you also help, you are a motivational speaker, I believe, helping people turn their passion into their purpose. And I love that. So can you, you know, talk a little bit about how you got into wine and and how you got your start in this great business? Well, you know, people do laugh when they say, and what do you do for a living? I say, well, I eat, I eat and drink pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I always tease, actually, I had a friend say to me once because I do travel, get a chance to travel all over and I, I work, I work for myself. So I work really, really hard. Um, and uh, she said, Leslie, you're everywhere. My God, you girl, you work your ass off. I said, honey, I work my ass on. Are you kidding? <laughs> Oh, all the eating and drinking. I get all the it. Eating and drinking. You got the you got the calories. I work I work this one on harder than Kim Kardashian does. I'll tell you. <laughs> um, or actually, much more enjoyably, I think probably than Kim Kardashian does. But but um, I fell into one. I graduated college, and I really thought I would be a lawyer. I moved out to California after graduating from college, and 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 was you know headed down the path to go to law school, and decided I couldn't really do that at that point in my life, and. And for all the wonderful lawyers out there, um, I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad somebody did. I didn't. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, in my mind, I was thinking I could always go back. I'll take a couple of years and figure out what I really want to do. And so I did some, I'd always been involved in, in theater and speaking and government and things like that. And so I um, started doing some um so television and and you know this is this is a fun trivia note about me i i actually was doing some television commercials and a woman came up to me and said my god you have really beautiful hands and 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 i'm tall i never was a model god god knows that but but you know she looked at my hands she said you have really beautiful hands have you ever thought about being a hand model (laughs) and (laughs) And i read this so i know where we're going and i love it in your early 20s, you're like, no, but do they pay my whole body? Because, you know, if they pay me, I'm showing up. Exactly. And so I, for a number of years, I actually was a, a, a hand model. And I did television commercials and poked the Pillsbury Doughboy. And, yeah, and, that's um, so great. You know, we all, we all wanted to poke him and you got to do it. 
It was not as glamorous in those days as it sounds. Now it's all computer generated. But in, you know, when I did that, they they had to um, they had stop frame animation, and so they basically he he was headless and um, this little figure, and they would open up a case of about fifty heads with different expressions on them, and um, and I would be you know down on my knees, leaning over the table with my hand, looking very glamorous, poking his belly, you know, and then they'd animate <laughs> it again with a different head, and I'd poke the belly. So, um, so I have many hand modeling stories, you know, like, like wearing gloves and, 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 you know, I've got, I've got stories that I guess I could, couldn't say on air really. <laughs> well, you can say it on our air, but, but it's, it's, uh, those are the details that make your life so interesting and intriguing. Yeah. And, and, how you... and it's a long roundabout. So I'm, I'm, I'm slowly, sorry, getting to the, uh, getting to the, to the fun part, but, but yeah, so I, you know, I just decided that I wanted to start producing my own things. I wasn't waiting for people to give me a job and, and that on camera was a really comfortable place for me. And, and then behind the scenes and writing seemed to be more comfortable. And at that point, then I, I um, started getting into wine and it was really just as a, a passion, as a consumer, um, drinking it, enjoying it in San Francisco and, and um, there weren't people weren't really taking sommelier courses like they are now or so it, I did it more hands on. I w went and volunteered at, at wineries to work harvest. I, you know, and, and then at some point I, I was really, really into wine, as I said, as, a, as an avid consumer. And I said to myself, how can I get paid to do what I love? And I made two lists. Here's what I know how to do. Here's what I want to do. And where were the crossovers? And um, I knew that I wasn't about to make wine, even though I do make a little wine. But, you know, I, 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 I was good at talking about things and talking about it. So that's really what I focused on and started producing things for a local PBS station, which then blossomed. And then the Internet became involved. I got hired by Microsoft to create their Internet content about wine. And then the New York Times through the Press Democrat created their Internet site about wine, back to television, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's all been kind of a... Um, Here's what I want to do now. How do I get paid to do it? And you you created a way to do that, which I think yes. is really important and valuable for women, especially of a certain age who might be re-entering the workforce, pivoting, or trying to figure out exactly what they want to do to take a look at their passion and how they can turn it into a paying gig. Well, as I always say, I get paid to eat and drink, so you can do anything you want. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, right? I mean, you can be a gardener, make jewelry, create, you know, there, there's, there's so many things that people can do. And in, in today's really environment, you don't need to have an office, even though I am sitting in my office uh, surrounded by wine, but you don't <laughs> need to have an office. You don't need to, you can work from home. You can, you can, you know, create whatever you want to create. It's, it's endless possibilities. Now it's just the having the courage to do it. And not being afraid of, of <laughs> the butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> right. Well, we have to get rid of the fear of failure as well. Yes. I yeah. realize that. It's yeah. an ever-present thing if you're, if you're going to challenge yourself. Let me just say that. Right. It never goes away. And you also, you wrote a book, the title of which I love, Wine for Women. I know you've written more than one, but this one, Wine for Women, A Guide to Buying, Pairing, and Sharing. How fun <laughs> is that? It was, you know, this was, I was still working at the New York Times Company uh, actually, I just left the New York Times company, uh, was writing online for them, and um, I, I noticed as an educator and a speaker, even at, you know, that 14 years ago when I wrote that book, that, that men and women were asking me different questions. 
And so, you know, I found it very interesting. I never said there's a wine, you know, there's a, a, a you know, women drink pink. And now, now right. people are getting smart and everybody's drinking pink. Um, but, you know, and men drink red. No, 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 no. That was never what it was about. It was always about the way we were approaching what we were buying because women are the, the majority of wine consumers. They're the majority of purchasers, as we all know, household purchasing. So I was really looking at it from, from anecdotally from people asking me questions and the, that I would tend to get more of the questions about, and again, this was putting it in context 14 years ago, things have, have right. changed, you know, changed yeah. not a whole lot, but some, but some. Um, people were asking me questions about, Hey, listen, I've got a dinner party. I'm, I'm making, what, what do you suggest? I've got a gift. I'm, I really love rosés or I really love this. What, what do you suggest? And, and I tended to get more of the technical questions from men, even though they might not have been more technically knowledgeable. It was, it was, you know, uh, kind of, I equivocated it to the baseball scores, right? You know, how much oak does it have? What are the point score? What was, right. you know, it, was it was the stats. So, so I really focused. So I thought I want to write a book just geared not exclusively for women. It's, you know, men can read it, appreciate it. And, and I really focused on the approaches. And so I, I tried to think of, of the language that I use for wine and I tend to describe wine differently than maybe some other people. And I describe it as, as texturally and kind of shapes and, and, you know, things like, to me, I always said Merlot drinking a great Merlot is like, is like draping yourself in cashmere. You get this mm-hmm. wonderful, supple feeling. So what I did was I translated that and I, and I do consider myself a wine translator and I translated that into, into building the essential wine wardrobe. And so, you know, Sauvignon Blanc became my crisp white shirt and Chardonnay was the basic black, which can go from jeans to, you know, to a, a black taffeta dress to, so it, 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 something, it resonated with people. So I packed it with, with education, where wines were from, how to read labels, you know, uh, recipe pairings, all sorts of, of really fantastic information. And it did win the George DeBuff Best Wine Book of the Year when it came out. Um, and, and I just, to me, made it more approachable to the audience I was targeting, which was females. And again, I love that I had- because it's true. We we're emotional also. And, and I can totally picture that crisp, white, beautiful shirt while I'm drinking a Sauvignon Blanc. I love that. It's, and I packed it, again, I packed it with information. Here's where you you find the styles of Sauvignon Blanc. Here's where you get light. Here's, I talked about New Zealand. I talked about Sancerre. I talked about... So there is there is a, a lot of, of uh, higher level wine education in there. And it's not, you know, people said, well, what if, if people think you're dumbing down? I said, there is no dumbing down of wine. Wine is not something that you inherently know. You should really make it a language that that resonates with people. And this may not resonate with some people. It may resonate with a lot of people. And, and the best compliment I ever got was when the book uh, came out was that a woman came to one of my book signings and she said, after listening to you and reading your book, you're the same person. Your voice is the same. And that to me was wonderful. That Um, is nice. That is nice because we can relate to you. Women and men, of course, can relate to that. I love that you're bringing it, you know, home for women also. And also I want to throw out that I did read that you were, uh, you are one of the top 100 influential people in the American wine business. And I yes. think that's great because I know that so many winemakers and so many wineries are male centric as well. Yeah, and, and females are really, you know, I've, I've followed the path of, of this. I've been in the business for, you know, communicating about wine for, oh, my God, can I say this out loud? Yeah, I guess 20 years, close to probably. And um, and, you know, I have seen such an evolution of of 
gender equity as we're dealing, you know, getting more towards that. But, but, you know, it's still, yes, a lot of winemakers are guys, a lot of heads of businesses are men Mm -hmm. and, and women are, are coming on strong. I've seen the growth, um, you know, exponentially in the past decade. And so it's, it's heartwarming to see, but women are still the majority of wine consumers. And, um, and we still love to drink wine, talk about it and share it. And that's really the bottom line. And that's really what I try to communicate, whether it's television, books, trips that I lead at anything I do that I really try to say, this is just wine, right? This is not right. rocket, rocket science. This is, this is, we can make it rocket science. There's a lot of technical information that I need to know, but it, my job is to translate that into what do you like and why do you like it? Or what don't you like and why don't you like it? And I think that's great because I have been drinking wine for many years now, but I don't always know why I like something. I just know that I like it. You know, to that end, there is a, a winery or tasting room or, well, it's a winery, Breathless in Healdsburg. Yeah. And all women yeah. run, isn't it? I think it's a women winemakers. And, well, and, I, and I'm just looking at um, uh, some rosés on my desk because I'm writing a rosé story for Saturday. And I'm looking at uh, Inman family, Kathleen Inman, wonderful um, winemaker and female vintner uh, up in the Russian River Valley. And I'm looking mm-hmm. at her endless crush rosé of Pinot Noir, which is absolutely gorgeous. Um, so, yes, if I look out in my in my cellar in my office here, I can say there are so many, um, you know, female vintners and and female winemakers. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Well, I think that's great because we always women want to support women. You know, it's not that we certainly aren't going to, I'm going to drink my, uh, whatever the vineyards, the wines that I like that are created by men, but I'd sure like to support women if I can. And okay. So do you, this is a loaded question. Do you have a favorite wine or do you, are you very politically correct and drink them all, love them all? Oh, you know, if I have, I have a favorite wine type. um, That's what I meant. That's what I meant. uh, Because I taste, you know, 3000 wines a year. So. Right. So it's kind of like saying, who's my favorite kid? Well, I can tell you right now, my son is my favorite because he just graduated high school, but my daughter would disagree with that. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I tease her. Uh, you know, I, I am a longtime rosé lover and a longtime bubble lover. And so rosé bubbles, um, rosé champagne, rosé sparkling wine, and we don't call champagne, of course, unless it's from the champagne region. Right, the France, champagne region. Rosé yes. rose sparkling, it would be my drink of choice if I only had to drink one thing the rest of my of my days. And as I mentioned just briefly, I do have a tattoo of a glass of rosé sparkling wine on the back of my leg. So that is I how think much that's I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> you did mention that. And I think I t- spoke over you, but I think everybody needs to know that. That's very important. <laughs> that is my, my favorite. Yes. I, well, it's my favorite as well, just exactly how you described it. And so that's why you piqued my interest. So perhaps we should talk about maybe could you give us some great summer rosé suggestions of from the affordable to the extravagant? Absolutely. Well, the one I just talked about, Kathleen Inman, the Inman family endless crush rosé of Pinot Noir. I'm staring at it right now. Is about I want to say that's on the upper end. That's it's limited production. I think it's about a little over thirty dollars. So that would be on the higher end scale. And I'm I'm walking out to my cellar in my office um, to the rosé section just so that I can I can tell you guys exactly pick out and just look at a, a beautiful pink wall of wine here. Oh, um, jealous. Uh, Spain. People don't think about Spain for rosé, but the region of Rioja. Um, which is a classic wine region in Spain. And one of my favorite 
makes beautiful and very famous red wines um, made out of a grape variety called Tempranillo. Uh, but, and they do make wonderfully um, exotic and, and uh, lesser known white wines. But their rosés in the Rioja region of Spain are something to seek out. I'm looking right now at a bottle of, of one of my favorite producers, Cune, C-U-N-E. And Cune makes um, a, a beautiful rosado, which is the Spanish word for rosé, $10 a bottle. Oh, you're um, kidding. At an, you know, I'm looking at another uh, Rioja rosé from Baronia another terrific producer for $13, $12, um, $13. Marquez de Cáceres, which is a wonderful um, winery and, and female at the helm, that's less than $10. So you've got some tremendous um, values coming from Rioja in Spain. Okay, um, in is, I'm, of, taking, in, I'm taking copious notes because yes. I need to know. Now, are these easy to find? Yes, just go look at, you know, maybe not those two that I just mentioned, but but uh, Marquez de Castellas is everywhere. Um, but but you can just say, hey, hey, I want to try some rosés from Rioja. Can okay. you can you recommend those? Um, there's of course the big crave at uh, craze and as as well deserved craze is, is from uh, Provence in France, mm -hmm. the Cote de Provence, the very right. pale style of of rosé, which has been made famous in this beautiful region of Provence. And um, and my my favorite affordable and most beautiful bottle is called Fleur de Prairie, Wildflowers. I know, it's the one with the rose. Is that the one with it's, the rose? It's, it's the, the one, it's got, a it's got a beautiful embossed um, bottle, like etched bottle with, right. with wildflowers all around it. Oh. And it's in the $15 price range. It is so beautiful to look at and, and really, um, really delicious. So look for that one. Um, lots of, again, lots of great rosés from Provence that you can find in that 12, uh, well, probably more like 15 to $20 range. Um, oh, that, that's reasonable. That's yes, absolutely absolute, reasonable. Absolutely. And I'll, and I'll just give you one other, uh, one other, uh, oh, two quick ones. And then, yeah. and then we can move on to another yeah. topic. Cause I could talk rosé. <laughs> no, well, that's kind of why I selfishly um, brought that up. I'm conducting uh -huh. it. So I get to learn about my favorite wine. Uh -huh. um, is is um, you can find in, in California, if you want to stay in that $20 range, uh, one of my favorite that's got a little bit more succulent fruit and it's kind of that really dark pink color. It's not mm -hmm. like a super light like you get from, from Provence. Is from a winery, a classic winery in Paso Robles called Eberly, E-B-E-R-L-E, Eberly. And yeah. they make a, a delicious Cote de Robles, um, uh, Cote de Robles uh, rosé. And it's um, twenty about twentyish dollars, and it's it, this one is one that can go with barbecue and and you know kind of meat driven stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then let me just go one more time, and then I'm going to get off this uh, rosé. That's <laughs> no, okay. It's rosé um, day. We're coming right up. We need this. Um, is uh, New Zealand? Oh. I'm just pulling out a wonderful rosé to end on, which is <clears throat> from from New Zealand, and it's called Mount Beautiful. And it is a absolutely delicious rosé, kind of in the middle of a light Provence and a, and a richer, maybe California style called Mount Beautiful. And it's in that $15, $16 range. Okay, I've got a new list of things I'm going to be searching for. Absolutely. And, I mean, I have so many questions about wine for you, but I also, you're still doing, oh, check please, aren't you? Isn't this the 14th year? Yes, yes. I've got a lot of stuff coming up. I'm going to yeah, you have to tell me about every time. Yeah, we are in our 14th season right now of Check Please Bay Area, 
and um, we have new shows coming uh, all through the fall. We've shot our second uh, series of Check, Please Kids, which has been so much fun, oh. so much fun to do. And so Check, Please Kids' uh, second season will be starting to air this fall. And then I've got a new, brand new uh, national show on PBS that will be airing starting this October called oh. 100 Days, Drinks, Dishes, and Destinations. Oh, so it's everything we love. <laughs> everything we love, all, all rolled into one fantastically fun show. Oh, that just sounds wonderful. I cannot wait to look at that. So that's going to be national on PBS. That's going to be national PBS okay. this fall. And, and if people um, go to my website, lesliesbrocco.com and sign up or follow me on Instagram, Twitter, I'm all just at Leslie Sprocco. Then, um, and I'm sure you'll have links on, on um, yes. Street Tomatoes. So yes. uh, you can find out, uh, we'll be posting lots and have lots of information and which stations it'll be on and when it'll start airing and and all of that. And I'm taking, I'm, you know, kind of segueing from all the TV things I'm doing into also taking people with me mm -hmm. on some of these wonderful, amazing trips that I go on. So. And, and that, so I was going to ask, before you talk about that trip you do have coming up, what is your favorite thing to do today in terms of your skill set and your love of wine? Is it going to be taking the people on the trips or doing, say, you know, I was going to say yes to the check. Okay, wrong. <laughs> check, please. Or, I mean, do you love it all? But there must be, I just wondered if there was one standout thing that you enjoyed the most. You know, it, it's funny. I enjoy it all for different reasons. Uh, the the easiest and the most natural for me is being on television and speaking. Probably mm -hmm. speaking is is the easiest because I see the immediate reaction of people. And, um, and I see when a light bulb goes on as an educator, I, I see when, you know, people get out of a, a class that I've led or a tasting that I've led and they said, you know what, I laughed so much, I had so much fun and I learned so much. And so their light bulb goes on and that is, is just so, you know, makes it all worth it. And then television the same, I feel like I'm communicating directly with people. Um, the hardest, but ultimately, I think one of the most rewarding is writing. It's really difficult to write and write in a voice that's yours. Right. So, Get it. Um, I, I think that that's the interesting thing. But but, yeah. but I think that once people know your voice and then they can read it, then they read it and they're, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, that's her right on the page talking to me. So absolutely. As, as you said, absolutely. So before we wrap up, talk a little bit about this cruise you have coming up in the fall. It just sounds oh, divine. Very exciting. So I have two really wonderful trips coming up that I'm leading. And I started um, a division of what I'm doing called uh, Vino Voyages. And it's essentially it's people who have been knocking on the door asking, hey, when can I come with you? If you're, you're getting access to all this great stuff, when can I come with you? So we did um, some California trips and then, and then last fall Spain took a group to Spain. And so um, in conjunction with the new show with 100 Days, Drinks, Dishes and Destinations, one of our wonderful underwriters, sponsors, is Ama Waterways, which is a very high-end river cruise line in Europe. Um, actually, they have river cruises all over the world. But, but we are taking a cruise to starting in Budapest in Hungary and um, going all the way to Wirtschaft uh, in Germany, stopping in Vienna and Linz, Austria. And I, I have to tell you, I just took the cruise um, to film some of the shows. Uh, in April, and 
we are going to have such a magnificent trip. Oh my God. You know, wine, I'll be leading wine tastings and, and winery visits and all sorts of fantastic, wonderful things. And we'll be on the new Ama Magna, which is Ama's newest ship. It's uh, twice the size of a river cruise ship, twice as wide. And so it's almost like an ocean cruise liner. It's so gorgeous. I was on it uh, just to see before it launched. I, I sort of got to take a peek, a pre a preview peek. <laughs> and um, we'll have some videos of that up on my website shortly and on my social media shortly. And it just, this ship is absolutely glorious. You, you, you are, we, we, we will be cruising in style for dining rooms and, uh, you know, for eating destinations and wonderful rooms and balconies and, oh, it's, it's glorious. So I hope everybody could come with me um, November 10th through the 17th. Danube. Again, we're, t we're cruising up and down the Danube in Europe, and um, it will be an absolutely glorious trip. There's lots more information on my website about it, and uh, or you can email Alice, A-L-Y-C-E, at lesliesfraca.com, and, uh, and there's more. And, and I'm also going to tequila, so if you don't like wine, forget it. I'll take care of you with tequila. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, a little something for everybody. Always important to keep our spirits up. <laughs> That's right. In October, you can also find info on my website. I'm, I'm taking um, a small group to explore the wonders of tequila Mexico and drink uh, fantastic tequila and, and uh, have a wonderful weekend. It's a, like a four-day trip. Really fun. Really it fun. sounds fabulous. I just yep. want to come along and be the person who like opens all the wine for you. I can hide <laughs> easily in your um, stateroom and then I will be tasting, helping taste. It just sounds <laughs> great. Uh, exactly. I, but you know, once we're done with all that hard work during the day, we drink tequila at night. So you got you to do that too. That's right. <laughs> Imbibing in a delightful way. <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much, Leslie. I appreciate your time. I know we all appreciate your time and we've all learned something here. I have my notes and I know that everybody else will be taking notes on the wines and going back and re-listening. And I invite everybody to look at your website. Of course, when we do, we'll we'll put it all out there. Leslie dot is it Leslie Dot or just yes, Leslie it's, Sabroco? It's just I married an Italian and they left. I tease them all the time. It's it's Leslie Sabraco and I said, you guys, I need to buy a vowel. I need an A. You drop the vowel. <laughs> on the way over. Um, and so it's Leslie L E S L I E, and then just straight into Sabraco S B R O C C O dot com dot com. Okay, and I know everything is up there, and I know that many people will be tempted by that river cruise oh it looks so divine <laughs> so divine well, well, we'll, have the, we'll have the rosé picks up there as well okay oh great and cheers and thank you and we really appreciate it and i hope to see you sometime soon on a cruise thanks so much kim look forward to sharing a glass or three soon great thanks leslie take care bye-bye bye-bye